brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. So we are here now for another episode. Benger is looking at the camera and pressing buttons really weird. So he's kind of worrying me that he's doing something wrong right now, but we will get straight onto it. And uh, today I have a lovely guest with me today, Darren Farrell. Thank you very much. It's Any good to be here. Uh, to Colin? No, but I used to tell people that. <laughs> Legit. I used really? to say he was my second cousin. No way. <laughs> Dude, that's like the thing in Dubai as well and in, in Arabic countries. It's like we have so many cousins yeah. And uncles and aunties that have no relation to us whatsoever. No, well, when I was in school, my, my dad's from Northern Ireland, yeah, where yeah. he's from, like from the same area. Yeah. So it used to be kind of believable. Yeah, it kind of <laughs> so, worked. Yeah. Dude, I, th- there's been times where I've literally got to about 18 years old and I'd still call someone my cousin. And then my sister would be like, why are you saying he's your cousin? <laughs> and I'd be like, is he not my cousin? <laughs> and they just like everyone's auntie, everyone's yeah. uncle, everyone's thingy. That's nuts. <laughs> so we got a lot to talk about today. Um, let's start about like your journey of what brought you here before the bodybuilding journey what brought you from sunny island to dubai <laughs> um i guess that story kind of kind of starts really with uh, meeting becky okay. um so i was involved in the fitness industry for a short amount of time yeah and um i got picked up as an athlete for uh, bsn supplements okay and at the time they were like they were like to me oh do you want to come over and do a uh, body power okay the big fitness yeah, yeah. expo in the uk and i was like uh I don't know. Nah. Mm. And then uh, last minute, I decided to go over. And that's where I ended up meeting Becky. And uh, start, a couple of months later, we started dating and stuff. And then I, I moved to London. Love uh, at first squat. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. So I mo- moved to London. Because uh, at the time, I was debating moving to London or New York. Okay. So that kind of swayed it for me. Um, so I moved to London. And uh, yeah, we moved in together. We got our own place. Within a year, we were engaged. Yeah. And... Uh, about a month before we were due to fly to Greece to get married, yeah. we were like, London's not for us. Yeah, yeah. So we just, uh, we looked around, we had talked to some people, and they were like, Dubai. So Dubai's we just, yeah, we just yeah. literally packed everything up, uh, shipped it out here, mm. went to Greece, got married, stayed there the month, yeah. came back to the UK for two days, and then, and then flew, flew, straight up. flew here. Yeah, originally we were planning to come here for just like two years. Yeah, yeah. That's literally... Every. Like what every single person says. Yeah. I'm going to come here for two years. I'm going to save some money because I'm, I'm making loads more than I am in the UK. Yeah. And I'm going to go back. And then you see them literally like 15 years yeah, later. We're, 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 we're four years later. Yeah, we're we're now happen. in a villa with a dog and exactly, a cat. So exactly. <laughs> I think we're, we're set. <laughs> where in London? Were you, I mean, what, 
Where in Ireland were you from? I'm from Cork originally, okay, but I spent Cork. most of my life in Dublin okay. um, for sport and university and stuff. Yeah, and then London and then was... London, we're, we're Watford. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know very well. Yeah. So I'm a Londoner, I am Bex. You <laughs> might not know that. Um, I was born here, but raised in London. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, still from Kensington. Um, still till now they still won't give me a passport and I'm still just like what are you doing man come on I was born here man give me a passport (laughs) in in the UAE because you know like the passport here they look after the people yeah man man, I just want to wear a kandora that's like one of the only things I want to do you you wouldn't have to pay speeding fines either I wouldn't have to bloody pay anything I'd get everything sorted for me I just you know even like right now it's like people I mean I think I look Arabic but when people hear me speak Arabic they're like whoa that kind of thing and it's like a big shock to them and I'm just like calm down mate but I would love to be able to just wear a kandura and just I mean imagine every day is like what there's there's none of that what are you going to wear today white what are you going to wear tomorrow different shade of white what are you going to wear the next day I've been messed up it's a bit winner spill stuff on all (laughs) yeah exactly right you'd have to get them custom made right just wear a couple of them yeah just fit it down the middle just yeah just keep bumpering them up and stuff (laughs) yeah no you definitely have to get them custom made because you're dumb calves that you got <laughs> prick calves I just can't get over it I just don't understand it and it gets to me and what I'm I figured out and I think the secret is what you guys are doing is you're going and like you know how some martial artists they go to China and they sit with the Buddhas and, yeah. and the Shaolin monks and that I think there's a Filipino somewhere who is like your guys monks because I don't know if you've noticed this <laughs> but no Filipinos have massive calves no matter what they do yeah. my nanny is five foot three and her calves are bigger than me and I just don't get it. And I just, it's not fair. I don't understand <laughs> it. And I train them all the time. And then there's people like you who have calves like Range Rovers and then go, yeah, I don't really train them. <laughs> I don't really train them. Because that's exactly what little calf people want to hear when they do it. It's not on. It's not on. So it's how not. did you feel when you came here? Was it like a, a huge culture shock or was it kind of like, did you, what, what were you expecting? Were you expecting it to just be like, no, no, no. I think I was shocked in a good way because mm. I was expecting it to be a lot more like yeah. less westernized yeah, less, yeah. like when i got here i was just like it's just like a small america yeah it is right yeah a lot <laughs> of it's a lot hotter i remember the, yeah. we arrived in august and i remember like the west. I remember going to back so i was like oh we got to walk down to the shop and i remember having sunglasses on i opened the door of our building steam and it was like i'd opened an oven it was just like fogged up straight away yeah. i was like oh my god yeah it's <laughs> super hot out here yeah. but i would rather the heat yeah now it's like we like yeah. i've been back to the uk like what three four times in the last couple of weeks mm. now and every time I go back, I just hate it a little bit more. Yeah, dude, <laughs> I'm like, the same. Every time I go, I mean, I love the UK. And, yeah. and it has its charm. And, For about and it two raised, days. Yeah, exactly. You get there and you see everyone. And then the three days have gone past and you're just like, well, I want to get back into my pool now. Yeah, <laughs> like, I want to like, be able to just go to the beach. And yeah, and everyone. And I find in the UK, there's some kind of weird matrixy at- attachment with the weather. Yeah. Like when the weather's nice, everyone's completely different. You've got the short shorts on, everyone's chatting to everyone. And then the next day, it's just like everyone's changed again. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, for the four and a half days of summer that they get, it's an amazing place to be. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But I'm sorry, what does it for me is just the road. Yeah. Driving there. It's like you're driving along the motorway and all of a sudden it's like, all right, you've got to slow down to 40 for the next 10 miles. Yeah. And you, you get through it. Like you, it takes you 
two hours to go 10 miles and you're like what was that for there's for there's, no reason there's whatsoever. no crash there's nothing there's, yeah, maybe the, the foxes like, or some swans you yeah. know the swans belong to the queen right so yeah. maybe if there was like four swans crossing the road and stuff we had to kind of slow our whole lives <laughs> for that what was that yesterday i heard uh, the queen's the only person legally allowed to kill and eat a sw- eating swan yeah <laughs> and, and i don't get that so i mean what's going on <laughs> like why why I, I understand if you're like oh they're beautiful majestic creatures so they belong to the queen so you know yeah but not just like well only i can eat them What's that? Where does that come from? It's like, you know, certain Australian prime ministers can only eat kangaroos, which don't exist, by the way. Yeah. I want you to know that for sure. If you ever plan to go to Australia, it's a myth. Okay. Yeah, I went traveling around the world. We actively went looking for kangaroos, didn't find none. None of them jumped in front of the truck when we were driving fast and had that whole windshield crash thing. It's bollocks, me. It's bollocks. So what initially got you into, into bodybuilding? Um, so I come from a massive sporting background. Okay. Uh, my dad was a professional footballer. Nice. My mum played um, hockey for Ireland. She sailed for Ireland. Wow. Um, so I was pretty much born and raised playing sport. Mm. That was li- my life was sport. Mm. Um, so I went through academies. Like I played uh, across with Crystal Palace underage and okay. stuff. Um, mm. Played tennis, played rugby, or I played hockey, football, everything. Um, hockey was probably my, my main sport. I played like underage for Ireland the whole way up, played mm. senior. And it was when I went to secondary school, I started playing rugby just because my friends played. Yeah, yeah. Turned out I was quite good at yeah, it. Yeah. Started playing for Munster, played Ireland. Nice. And uh, at the age of like from 21, mm. 21, 22, 23, I started getting some bad injuries. I did mm. my knee twice. Lower back must have been a thing for you. In, in... Uh, no, no, no. I was, lower back was okay. It was I did my cruciate twice, tore my hamstring a couple of times. <sighs> Uh, patella tendon tore and then um, what did it was when I was 23 I separated my AC joint in my shoulder um, like the worst possible way you yeah, could do it and I was told that I wouldn't have like full range of motion or anything ever again wow. um, so at that point I took the decision to retire mm-hmm. and uh, during rehab I just happened to be I had to go to the gym to the gym yeah to do re-education of all the yeah so I was doing all that stuff but I started I think it was uh, my, the knee I had done a couple of months previous and I wasn't allowed to do any running or anything or walking. And I, and I had some big competitions coming up. So I was like, I need to stay fit. So mm. I started doing spinning. Okay. Oh, I, do, oh, yeah. I would do spinning three times a day in, um, in Dublin. And I was like, oh, I really like this. And then I started getting more and more into the gym. And uh, I actually then was like, because at the time I was doing my master's in uh, business, okay. um, international business. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I pretty much I didn't ever go into class. I think mm. I had like four lectures a week, and most mm. of them I never went. Yeah. So I was like, screw it, I'll do my PT qualifications. Yeah. So I did them at the same time, and then I started uh, doing spinning classes. I got asked to do, teach them. I get shivers every time somebody <laughs> says that. Dude. When I was doing my because I did my masters in sports science and yeah. I did my level one, two, and three. And when I was doing the spin, I remember they were like, "Look, we'll give you a free, you know, spinning teacher's course if you want. Just do the class and do the thing and do the test and fine." Yeah. I remember doing it. I remember cycling, and my brain was saying to me, "You are never going to teach this ever in your life, and you're yeah. never going to do it again." I don't understand how you guys like that stuff. I used to love it. Now I can't think of anything worse than right. But I used to love it, and then uh, I just got more and more into the training side of things, mm. and uh, uh, it got to the point. I think it was like six, seven months after I'd done my shoulder, mm. I went back for a checkup and the doctor was like it's it's a lot better than yeah. it was you know it's healed really well mm. um they didn't expect well, copious amounts of growth hormone yeah, yeah. i was using yeah, yeah, exactly. to help, to help yeah. but, um 
because I'd got, got some, someone had told me to start using growth hormone yeah, to help it to heal help quickly. It, yeah. And, um, but at the time I kind of realized, you know what, I've been playing at the top level. I've been playing mm. hockey at senior level since I was 13. Mm. And I, I think I kind of realized I didn't love it anymore. So yeah. I took the decision. I spoke to my parents and I took my, the decision just to literally, uh, at the time we just, we told the Irish hockey board and everything that uh, I hadn't been cleared to play and mm. I wouldn't play again. Um, so yeah. I took the decision to retire. And uh, just, yeah, I was just fell in love with the gym. Um, fin- yeah, I finished my master's in business and went straight in to do a, master, a master's in um, sports nutrition nice. um, as well. Because obviously if you get a certain grade in a master's, yeah, yeah. you can then go on and do yeah, it any yeah. other one. Yeah. So I did um, a master's in nutrition as well. And uh, training, and I started getting in good shape. And I was like, oh, I'll do a photo shoot. I did a fitness mm. photo shoot. And someone was like, you should do a show. So. Yeah. I did a show, I think it was like Mr. Body Ireland, didn't have a, I didn't have a clue, yeah. not a notion what I was doing. Like, and, uh, Fish and a rice cake. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't even count food or anything, I, was, yeah. I think I just ate like, I was like, some meals were just chicken and veg and some meals were like, oh, a bit of rice. Mm. Um, I got in pretty good shape and then after the show, someone, a, a local kind of bodybuilder guy was like, oh, you let me, let me help you and mm. he helped me for another two shows. That's all the potential. In yeah, the, and yeah. I started going from there and I um, ended up winning the under 75 kilo nationals in Ireland. And then, yeah, that was kind of, I was, I was hooked on it at that point. And mm. I did my master's in nutrition, started working in the industry as a PT mm. and then started building. I think at the age of 24, I started my online coaching business then. Nice. 24, how old are you now? 32. So you were doing it quite a while. You were yeah. quite ahead of the game because it wasn't many people doing it at no, that time. The at the time, coaching. like I was doing a lot. I, I built up my own business, um, to maybe 30 or 40 people mm. and then uh that's kind of the reason i partly moved i met bex in london as well i was over and back was i um had been contacted by a guy who had a big company life-changing mm. fitness he was a guy who had a massive fat loss journey mm. he'd been on tv and he had a business where he was doing like turning over hundreds of people mm. and he wanted to step away from the coaching and get some so he employed me to do his nutrition okay. so i was doing like 70 80 people a month wow um, so that's why I, was, I moved to London as well, partly for that. That's uh, a lot more time consuming than people think it is. Yeah. Especially if you're good at what you do and you actually aren't trying to fleece people out of yeah. cookie cutter training because there's so many people that, oh, I'm an online trainer <laughs> certified by Instagram. Yeah. And it's like they have one program, everyone gets that same program. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No matter who it is, no matter what their weight is, no matter what their size is, no matter what, whatever, everyone's getting that yeah, program. Yeah. And unfortunately, that people are buying it. And but like if you if you asked like I guarantee you if you went went on now and you put an online coach on Instagram and you messaged a hundred of them, uh, if any of them have any sort of nutrition qualification, mm, exactly. None. I already, like I'm not, not blowing my own trumpet. I think I'm probably one of the few people in this country mm. with a nutrition master's. Yeah, and that, and that's the issue and that's the problem, not just with with the nutrition side and the training system. What I've started to see is there are so many people that aren't qualified, even yeah. as PTs. No. taking a bit of gear they got to you know a decent shape and kind of got a bit of a couple of likes a couple of whatever to overnight change their profile bio yeah. to pt or coach or prep coach that's another one yeah someone will do one show and all of a sudden they're a prep the other one you see now loads of and i see a lot and i really try and distinguish myself because obviously i'm a pro bodybuilder mm. i'm like i was a coach before i was ever a pro mm. bodybuilder but you, I see it so much now. Like guys do well in a show, and they become like, or they become pro. Next thing, all of a sudden, they're a coach. I'm yeah. like, they just see it as an opportunity to 
because they get a big following from becoming pro. Mm. People think they know what they're doing. It's like an opportunity to make a quick mm. buck, and it means they don't really have to work. Exactly. You know, they don't, whereas I don't think a lot of people don't realize how much work this actually yeah. is. It's not. Like, I I'm mean, stop Even when I was doing it, I didn't enjoy it. It was just so much time. It was so. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Time consuming. And what a lot of people don't understand about these guys that, like you said, do the show and then become a coach is that they didn't get there off their own merit. They no. got there from another coach. Yeah. It was another coach who got them to yeah, exactly. stage ready. And that's what don't have a clue. Yeah, that's what people don't realize. And I think a lot of people, and even trainers, don't realize the importance of having a coach. Yeah. Because most people that you find at the top of their game in any sport, in any industry, have a coach. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whether it's a, a PT coach or a life coach or someone tweaking in. Even if it's just accountability, you know. I, I, yeah. I know what I'm doing. I know I could, I could coach myself. I could prep myself and get myself ready for a yeah. show. But... But then, I couldn't. Yeah, because you would slack. <laughs> Theoretically, I could, yeah. but in realism, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't. You, you wouldn't. wouldn't. You so. slack. You've got no accountability to anyone, and you. I think. I mean, accountability is important in every stage mm. of life, but especially when it comes to dieting and you know what you're putting into your body. If you have a goal, do you know what like I mean? One thing I notice now, I guess more so now since I've become like pro and a bit more of an elite level as an athlete. Mm is the younger kind of guys who work with me, the level of accountability they feel like it's like, I have some of them say to me, it's like, Oh, I can't wait for checking just to like impress you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, Something for them to look forward yeah, to. And, and then it, yeah. it's amazing. It's like, it's it, sometimes I, I, sometimes I still kind of like pinch myself. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I was really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, but it, it, it's true. I mean, check-ins, especially when you're doing the right thing. Mm. I mean, I've done shoots before I did the cover magazine covers and all that stuff. And a lot of the time I did it by myself. And I did it the shittiest way possible. <laughs> Even though I knew what I was doing. What I'd do is I'd, I'd wait till the last three weeks. Blitz it. Double cardios a day. Yeah. You know, carbs low. Two days on, one day off. Whatever. Stuff that you're supposed to do for a couple of yeah. months. Three, you know, months leading up to it. I just wait till the last three weeks. Blitz it. Be in a horrible mood. Be in a, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. When you do get a coach and you're doing it structured and you're doing it in time. There's nothing better than getting ready to send that pick or that, that weight, or those measurements, when you know you've been doing it exactly yeah. right, 
and everything's going the way everything's going the way it should be and you're just better better than you think even do you know what i mean yeah there's nothing better than that how how did you feel when you got that first because you know these you you were always progressing and you're always changing but there's nothing like those first couple of months when you start training right and you start to see because before that yeah you're not really you think you're an athlete or you think you're in shape but you're not those first gains those initial gains that you get are the best feeling right you just like you well, see I was, the I was change. A, I was a fat, even though like I was a top level athlete in sport, I was a fat kid. Yeah, always carried a little bit of weight. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I was all. And I, and I often look back now, and I'm like, I wish I had the kind of dedication and the knowledge I have now of nutrition and stuff. Yeah, because like I went very far in sport. I'm mm. like, my biggest letdown was my, my mm-hmm. nutrition and my partying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. as soon as I hit like 16, I was out three, four nights a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Getting it on. Yeah. And yeah. uh, that was probably one of my biggest downfalls. That probably led to the injuries as mm, well, to yeah. be perfectly yeah. honest. Um, but yeah, I look back and I'm like, <laughs> I wish, I wish I knew what how it did. What it is, right? Yeah. And how do you how do you deal with like? Because, I mean, I wouldn't. We'll get into body dysmorphia, but there's been times where I've looked at pictures of myself from you know, like, let's say a couple of years after I started training, and I. I look like shit. I mean, I I still look better than ninety percent of yeah. the normal nineteen-year-olds my age, but compared to what I ended up getting to, yeah. And but back then, I thought I was the man. I thought oh, I was funny. perfect. I thought everything was in perfect proportion. Everything was, you yeah, know. You actually cringe a little bit. Yeah, right? you I look have, back I, and I, you're just funny. Like, I had that moment literally, like I think about a week ago or ten days ago. It was uh, Jamie. Jamie went to me. He was like. Um, because so he has like a new videographer for his new website, new yeah. series and stuff. And he was, he goes, I was showing him our, our New Zealand series. Mm. So he'd have an idea of what I want for Alicante. Yeah. And he was like, bro, you gotta go, you gotta watch it. He's like, yeah. he's like, you look so different. And right. I watched it and I was like, oh my God. And that was, that was me turned, that was me when I won the overall and turned right. pro. That That's was me nuts, getting on. Right? I was like, oh my. But at that time you thought. Oh, I thought I was the shit. The shit, right? <laughs> it's so weird yeah. because you think, like I even remember because. I'm one of these kids that just always had abs. Yeah. Like I was a little four-year-old running around with abs. I was just genetically lucky like that. And even I just remember being a teen and just thinking I was so big and <laughs> shredded. <laughs> and I look back at the pictures and I'm just like, you're an embarrassment, dude. <laughs> like you look like shit. You still got abs, but you you got skinny abs. It's because yeah. you're, you're, there's famine going on there. You're not well, feeding yourself. I was yourself. that and I dyed my hair fucking white dude, as well. I did, I did oh, peroxide man. blonde as yeah, well. Yeah, it was the yeah. worst thing. And I look back at the pictures and I'm just like, yeah, right? Yeah. It's the worst. But at the time, the you fight. think it's like, you're walking back and you're just like, yeah, you're just like, yeah, it looks <laughs> amazing. And then you, you look, look back. And you're like, oh, God. Dude, even, even now, so a friend of mine, we went to, I don't know, you know Chessington, World of Adventures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went there, a group of us, when we were like 15. And he happened to have, and I forgot all about this, so he had one of those, you know, the camcorders with the, with the flip and that, and he filmed the whole thing. And he sent it to me two weeks ago, and I was watching it. And yeah, we were a bunch of kids having a laugh, and we were, you know, having fun, all running around with our tops off, thinking we were wedge as hell. But I just remember thinking... Oh my God, we were a bunch of dickheads. <laughs> like we literally were just a nuisance to yeah. everyone else that was in that thing. And you don't think it at the time. You no. think that you're just being normal, but we were, we were literally a nuisance to everyone else at the theme park, yeah. just running around, macho, you know, making loads of noise, <laughs> being really loud. And you look at it now and it's crazy how you change like that, right? Mentally. Yeah. And 
you just grow as a person. You become. Oh different. yeah, like I'm so different now to what I was. Like even up, up to my sort of early twenties, mm. like I did, I did nothing but party, mm. and now I can't think of anything worse. Right, that's like <laughs> me as well. I feel like I've done, I did all that. I've done my university. I've done my partying, and now I'm like, nah, give, yeah. me, give me an early night with Netflix. That's that's what it is. How did you when you first got into, let's say. When was it where you first realized, hold on, there's a career in bodybuilding here? Honestly, like when I, when I, when I turned pro and I, like, like I turned pro out of nowhere, I went to, because the year, year previous I had competed at the same show, mm. placed, didn't win my class even. I'd done another show, placed like fifth. Mm. Um, so for me, it was just like, I just wanted to like prove to myself I was better than what I had done. Mm. And I went into the show not expecting anything. I, I mm. didn't expect to win. I didn't expect like that's, and nobody knew who I was. I didn't. It just kind of happened. And after it happened, on turning pro, I was like, it was a bit of a whirlwind. But I, I didn't ever even think then that it would be mm. a career. I think probably only this year, really. Mm. Do I think that's that that it's uh, that I really have a good career in it? You when, know? when was your first show? How Did my first show when I was twenty four. So that's what, eight years ago. So it's fun. Don't you think it's funny that subconsciously, so it took you seven years to think of it as a career, even though you were living it as a career for seven years? Yeah. Because, I mean, where was your mind at when you were like, I'm going to compete, if not to be honest, for like, it to be a career? I, I took, so I did a lot of shows from 24 to 26. I did quite a few shows and I took a break and mm. then I competed again two or three times. Mm. And then obviously the year before I turned pro, I did two shows. But like we'll discuss it probably in a little bit mm. more. But my mental state was not mm. good. Like I, I suffered from depression very badly, mm. and I think a lot of like during that period I used, um, kind of competing and stuff to just sort of hide. Yeah, and it was a way of me trying to make myself feel better. Yeah, um, so I, I was just something I did, whereas now it's something I enjoy and it's something mm. I do like um, really see as. Because I, I guess I'm probably still my worst. Song. I don't see myself as the person I am still mm. in self confidence. Um, so it's like only like this this kind of year really, where uh, I'm seeing the attention on me and the the, the, mm. the comments from people of, that are of note, noteworthy in the industry. And I'm like, mm. okay, maybe. And then I see my picture. And I'm maybe like, I'm okay, yeah, okay, maybe maybe I am onto something yeah. there. You yeah. know, people talking about me for like qualifying for the Olympia and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Is that something that you you have set in your sights? Uh, obviously, it's a, it's something I want to do, and I think it's probably a realistic goal now. But it's not mm. something I, uh, you know, if I, I try to take take things one step at a time. Like uh, in four weeks' time, I'm going to do my pro debut, so I'm like, mm-hmm. people write to me, "Oh, you're you're definitely favorite for the show. You're like mm. number one." I'm like, "Well, I ain't stood next to nobody yet, so mm. I don't know." <laughs> do you find that a good thing or a bad thing? Do you think it puts pressure on you, or do you find it as a? I don't really. To be honest, I don't really care. Okay, uh, for me, really. it's like, um, but the show is about bringing my very best. Mm. Um, I just want to like cement uh, what people have been saying. Make sure I bring a good mm. back. Well, then what happens in the show, I don't really care because I've been on a lot of shows lately, and I, mm. I don't agree with the decisions. Mm. So, is there? Do you find that there's a lot of uh, because even from behind the scenes here, because I was involved in a lot of stuff. So, you know, I had a, I was sponsored by PhD. Do you know PhD? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was sponsored by them for a long time. So I'd be, always be at the shows and and all that stuff. And behind the scenes, I'd have friends competing and kind of felt like a lot of it was kind of who knows who 
who trains with who. Yeah, certainly in the amateur ranks, yeah. you, you just got to you take you got to take the hits with mm. with it and realize that you know it's not always going to be fair because yeah. there's always going to be someone involved with one of the judges or something and someone mm. knows someone so and it's inevitable. And it's like it, that everywhere, right? Like yeah, football, and it's who's, just, who's uncle yeah, and just, it's, there, it's, yeah. it's 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 across everything, and it's just, mm. just something you just have to deal with. If you're gonna if you're gonna turn up to a show and you're gonna you lose because you you shouldn't have lost, and then you, you get all aggy about it, there's no point. Mm. It's just you just got to accept it for what it is. Dust yourself off and go again. Mm. Like uh, I was, Jamie said to Bex recently, he was like, as an amateur, you need to be like Teflon. Mm. You just got to you know get knocked down, go again, get mm. knocked down, go again. You know, very rarely does an amateur win their first time. Their first title as well, yeah. You know, like, I mean, even we were talking, I was talking to Samir about this as well, because Samir went through quite a journey to get yeah. his record. And I can only imagine how that feels to just put everything you got into a comp and then getting there and just not even, yeah. they're not even, you know, they just pass you by. And it's you're funny like, though, because people say to me, they're like, oh, you did it first time round. And I'm yeah. like, no, I didn't yeah. do it first time round. Yeah. So I was competing for eight years. Mm. I said, do you only think I did it first time round? Because you didn't have a fucking clue who yeah, I was. was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> until exactly. The, nobody talked about me ever winning a show or anything until it was like pictures went out of me a couple of, couple of weeks out from the show mm. I ended up winning. I'm like, oh shit, this guy could win mm. this show. <laughs> mm. Do you, you think? Know? Do you think people, as as competitors, have you ever been coming to a show just like that, and then you've seen a picture of someone and you're like, oh, fuck's sake, he looks really good right now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Do you know what I mean? what is, is that a bit of a kind of like, how does that feel when you're just like, because obviously, like it takes it back to like I said, when I was preparing for shoots or, or do whatever. I mean, by no means was I ever into competing. Um, it was just not something that I was interested in um yeah. even you know it's i would have conversations with people where you know i'd be super shredded all year round you know i just look like a giant erection just veins everywhere <laughs> and they'd be like oh yo, you look great and i'd be like nah mate you don't because i know my limits and i know where i've been before and i know where i could get yeah and they'd get really annoyed by that because you know they're where they would dream of being is where you're saying, nah, I look really shitty right now. Yeah, yeah, So they yeah. don't understand from a competitive mind, no, you don't know what's coming. Like, you don't yeah. know where I'm going to come with and what I'm going to get to and what I'm capable of. A lot of other people don't see it. And even sometimes you can be really kind of down on yourself and you look great. Yeah. Even you, you know, you, like, like you said, you went to that show, you didn't even think you were going to place but you were probably at the best shape that you've brought so far, right? Yeah, definitely. So do you ever see someone else and it makes you feel like I, I missed um, out on this one? Or Yeah, well, I, at the moment, it's, it's like, because I'm doing this show in four weeks. Mm. It's the first UK pro show ever mm. for Classic. And there's uh, there's quite a lot of banter going on because there's there's like seven or eight UK Classic mm. pros now. Mm. And they're all ch- all chatting. And I'm kind of the only one not in the UK. Mm. So they're all chatting about chatting shit about me and mm. stuff, and uh, but quite a few of them are actually competing tomorrow in Spain as okay. well. So they're all okay. like, I've seen pictures, I've seen, but you know, there's there's one of them I think he looks good, and I chat yeah. to him and I said it to him, I said you look good, and I'm yeah. like, you look real good. The other the others, I'm like, nah, nah, nah. Not feeling it I see them and I'm like, I know I feel confident yeah, against these like, guys. Yeah, right, keep talking. But the shit. thing for me as well is like, uh, most of the other UK guys are a lot smaller than me. Mm. I'm probably the biggest classic pro going into yeah. the show. You know, I'm I'm coming in at like about 220 pounds for the mm-hmm. show, whereas like one of, one of the main guys chatting shit is like same height as me and like 180. Mm-hmm. 
I'm like 40 like, pounds. Yeah. I'm like 40 pounds yeah. heavier than I'm like, I'm going to make you look yeah. like a kid. Like a kid, yeah. His calves are going to look like mine. <laughs> he's got, he actually has good calves. Oh, really? Yeah, he's good from the back. He's good, good calves. It's just me then. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you, like, when, you, when you're prepping for a show, do you kind of zone out towards the end or are you um, fully? Now I'm very much a bit more relaxed. Mm. I try to uh, just treat it like a job. So just like tick the boxes daily, eat my mm. meals, get my training done. Once that's done, just try and live a normal mm. life, you know. Because I suppose, I mean, it's even like fighting if you're an MMA fighter or a boxer or whatever. As long as you've covered all your bases, there's no point in stressing out, yeah. right, towards the end. Otherwise, you're just going to be panicking like, and your breathing's not going to be right. And, and what's the point? Like up until a few weeks ago, obviously because of all the travel and stuff mm. was for client shows, we were like every weekend we'd be booking into a hotel Friday night, staying mm. Friday, Saturday, mm. pool day, chill, and Chilling then back, back to it on Sunday. Yeah, as long as you've been true to yourself and your journey, then... Yeah. You can kind of take a sit back a bit and get into it. Yeah, you gotta just you can't let it consume you. And I think that's what I think. One thing I was I said it to Bex recently was I think people towards the end of prep get moody, get tired because they think it's the way they should yeah, that's be. It should be. Yeah, yeah. It's a placebo thing. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, if you just crack on and don't think about it, it's yeah. like it's like no different to like right. I was like technically six weeks out, and then all of a sudden Jay was like to me, "Is like you could do Spain." Mm. And you're like in where you're like, you look like you're two weeks out. Mm. I'm like, so I'm at a physical condition of like two weeks out mm. because I think I'm six weeks out. I'm like, I'm, I'm like chilled. I'm yeah, like, yeah. yeah, I'm not moody. I'm nothing. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're ready to go. <laughs> so Whereas if, if, if I actually was two weeks out, I'd probably have been like, yeah. oh, life's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it is true. I mean, even yeah. I was asking Bex how she felt just before, you know, stage where you moody or whatever. She's like, no, oh, it's good no. to go. Ready to go. Very relaxed. I guess you know? it's a mind frame, right? It's a Definitely. Mind frame. I think the more you do it, the more you realize as mm. well. That, you know, it's, it's not. I think people get so caught up in the the mm. sort of show of it and the fix it, like, oh, dieting so hard and mm. the, the, the the drama of it. Like, mm. I'm struggling. The the grind. The grind. Yeah, yeah. Like, what grind? Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, that, you're doing something you enjoy. You right? you could be like, I'm like every day I get up, right? I train. Yeah. I eat. You know, that's it. You just get home. Could be a lot. Life. Could be a lot worse. Yeah. People who can't train and can't eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> people who can't bloody walk or yeah. do anything. But you know, I, I guess it's the same as there's a there's a thing. I don't quote me on it, but there's something called community thinking or group thinking or something. So yeah. basically, when when a hundred or more people say something or act a certain way, everyone kind yeah, of yeah. follows it, and that just becomes the way it is. Yeah, kind of thing. So I guess I guess this whole kind of so many people have kind of said that towards the end of their, you know, when they're shredding or where they're prepping or whatever, that everyone's kind of assimilated that that's how they're supposed to feel. Yeah. And they're subconsciously thinking something that might not even, you know, it's the power of thought. They, 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 it's not yeah, happening, it's just, but they, because so many people have made it the thing that happens now, then that's how they're thinking. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, I'm definitely feeling a little more tired now than I'm like, mm pretty close to show my body, fat levels, my yeah, body fat yeah. levels the stuff i'm using like i certainly feel it at certain parts of the day where i'm like oh my god my body feels heavy yeah and i'm like dragging but there you go yeah it's crack yeah. on you know what, what would you say right now is i don't know how to say this the right way structure the conversation the right way <laughs> what's wrong with the fitness industry right now what well, let's let's first start with what are pts doing wrong what are the things that you're seeing that are a bit worrying for you? I think, I think the, the biggest problem within the fitness industry now is that too many people are in it to, they see it as a way of just living an easy life mm-hmm. and making easy money. 
there's not enough people doing it because they actually love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if, if you told someone straight off like being an online coach or being a PT was actually this amount of work and you wouldn't earn that that amount of how many of them would still do mm. it? You know, mm. I think a lot do it because they see it as an easy easy mm. life. Yeah, um, they don't invest in themselves. They don't. They don't re-educate, further nah. educate themselves, and they don't. I mean, I've seen so many. I've seen PTs in gyms before where I don't know who the client and who the PT is. Yeah, like if he wasn't wearing the T-shirt that said personal trainer on the back, I would have seen the two friends training. Yeah, and so I've seen people who who are doing it like. They just go in there, spend an hour with the person, like kind of going through the cranking the the cogs. Yeah, there's nothing changing. Like nothing... My, uh, my barber who comes to cut mm. my hair every Friday, he uh, start, he started training recently, mm. and he was like he was like oh I, I got this guy to start PTing me three times a week you know mm. in the gym, and he goes to me yesterday he's like do you know what I realized yesterday my PT was nothing more than a, a rep counter he mm. said I've got a, a mate he's like another guy who I who I cut his hair and he's a lawyer but he's he's like he's big into training and mm. and. Uh, he asked that I want to train with him. Mm. So he said, I started training with him and I realized I'm doing everything fucking wrong yeah. with this PT and mm. he was doing nothing. He said, man, man, the sessions with my friend have been crazy. Better so than he, said the, sack, yeah. he said, I sacked my PT. Yeah. They don't pay attention to it. There's, no, he it's said such an oversaturated just, market. He was just counting reps. Yeah. You know? And I think it's really important as well to, <clears throat> to kind of get out of the whole PT thing as you get older. Mm. Um, not just because you don't want to be an old PT, but because... I think when you're a younger man or woman, being a PT is fun, it's exciting, you meet people, you're doing this kind of thing. But as you get older and, and you need to make a career of things and you need stability, I think moving online and moving into the digital world is a lot more beneficial and a lot yeah. more, it makes more sense because as a PT, in one weekend you can lose four clients. Two could move away, two could, one could yeah, break their arm. it's not as stable. And I think also you, you're contending in a market where it's constantly getting more and more saturated mm. you know, as you get older as well you're probably not going to look as good you're probably not mm. going to be as as appealing as the you're not going to give a know, shit about the 24 year old escort who's calling yeah, yeah, herself exactly, a pt exactly yeah you know in so don't, i mean don't get me wrong i think at a very high level then it's fine yeah you can be out of shape you can be old or whatever if you're coaching you know the champion mma fighter or if yeah. you're if you're coaching strength and conditioning to a football team or do you know what I mean? Then yeah. that's acceptable. Yeah. But if you're 20 something year old and you're in the gym and you look like shit and it's like, <laughs> I mean, I would never pay anyone who doesn't look, you have yeah. to at least look better than me to train. Yeah. Me. And a lot of them don't no, And it's no. worrying. Um, definitely out here as well. <laughs> mm. Like what, what else would you say is, is important to, for people to, I mean, if, okay, I'm a client, uh, I'm a guy who's looking for, We'll start it with physical and then we'll go, go online. What should I look for, in your opinion, if I'm looking for a PT? I think the biggest thing is to look, to look for is uh, passion. Mm. You know, look for someone that actually looks like they enjoy doing it. You know, they mm. have some drive. That, you know, it's too many of them, are, like I said, just rep counters who don't want to mm. be there. You want someone who actually cares. Mm. Um, someone who actually has asked to see some sort of education in yeah. it you know in mechanics mm. um they'd be probably the two biggest things passion and then some sort of form of education in mechanics mm. and actually knows how to train yeah. like i often said to, to people I was, I was, when i first moved here I, was, I used to work out of train sf and I'd sit upstairs and i'd look down and i'd see these like pts doing like super sets and giant sets and i said 
if you went down and asked them what was the purpose of yeah, that, would, they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't have, have a notion idea. other than they're just trying to make the person sweat. That's it. Yeah. There was no thought process went into what movements we're being in with what and why they're doing and them. why they're doing them. Like and you know, and so. another thing, what I noticed, you get a lot of these PTs that will do supersets, triceps, giant sets, just to make the client feel like, oh, he's doing something I wouldn't know how to do. Yeah, because I wouldn't have thought of a, of a tricep. Yeah, you know, or oh, five exercises, no rest, the giants out. Yeah, do you know, it's basic knowledge. Do you know what I mean? I remember when I was hiring someone, and and, you know, like you, I thrived in being up there with my knowledge and, and trying to really learn stuff. So I was hiring someone for my business and I did a dummy session with them. And I said to them, all right, cool, with the client, do you mind doing some PNF stretching with them? And I gave him a towel. Yeah. So the guy laid the towel on the floor and told the client to sit on it. And I was like, okay, so you're... You're not going to use the towel to do any PNF stretching with them. Like I expected him to know he's going to use the towel. He's going to fucking yeah. put it over their foot. He's going, to, you know, nothing. And then I was just like, okay, so this is, this is what it is. Then yeah, you're just going through the motions. Yeah, that's it. You know, and it's worrying because I think it's important for not only for you to be accountable to your PT, but your PT has to be accountable for you too. Yeah, one hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? Because you're paying the you're paying the money. Yeah. Like if I'm paying you and for three months I'm not seeing any difference and nothing's changing or then It's one thing I noticed out here actually is is um PTs and like trainers have this like ego that they're above everyone. Mm. And it's like, mate, at the end of the day, they're paying you for a service. You're their bitch. Yeah. Yeah. You know You're a police officer, mate. You you work you for know, the thing, you work for you people, know, yeah. You go to a restaurant and you, you, you don't expect the waiter to be like, Oh, you get your food. Yeah, exactly. Get it yourself. Go you know, go eat your food. Yeah. You know, and it's like some of them like they chat to their clients like shit yeah. and they, they they talk down to them. I'm like, wait, they're paying you yeah. the money to give them a service. Yeah. Show them some respect. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like they don't take the importance. Without them you're nothing, mate. You know? That's fucking crazy. And okay, let's get on to the point that I really want to talk about now. Um which is mental health. And yeah. I know that you're a big advocate of it, you yourself and Bex, and you have your own story and you've been through it yourself. And I don't think people, I mean, not just in the fitness world, but in general, I think they have a, an, an embarrassment yeah. about, you know, talking about mental health or they, they don't think that there's anyone there to help them or they don't think that it's something that is so common that it should be freely spoken about. Um, talk to me about your, your situation, your story. Um, all right, let's just start from the beginning then. Mm -hmm. Um, when I first got diagnosed, I think the year before we moved here. Okay. So five years ago. Diagnosed with? Uh, depression and severe anxiety. Okay. Um, I don't remember when I got to, like, uh, for a long time I knew there something wasn't mm. right. I wasn't happy. I wasn't sleeping. I had been through some stuff and uh, briefly it was I had some identity issues. Like, mm. I've, I never felt like I was good enough coming away from where my whole life was sport, my career was sport mm. and everything, and that being gone, mm. and having to reinvent myself as such, and all of a sudden go from someone who was, you know, my whole character, and like people knew me as like a, a sports star, mm. and that's who I was, to just all of a sudden I was a nothing, I was mm. a bum, you know. Mm. Um, I struggled massively with that and identity, and then when I met Bex, like it, was, it was hard for me because she was doing so well in her career and stuff, mm. and she was... Like she's, you met her, she's uh, mm. quite a dominant woman, yeah, yeah. you know, and uh, I, I very much just felt like I wasn't good enough and I, str I struggled and I just wasn't happy 
but I, I remember I went to, finally went to a doctor and they, they told me and they, they told me what I had and they gave me all this medication and stuff. Mm. And I was like, what? Mm. How, how can I have this? Yeah, it's me. You yeah. know, it's almost, it's like, like the same thing as like, like cancer, you know, yeah. you, you know what it is, yeah. but you never expect. It will never happen to me. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to happen to me. Yeah. Um, so I was on all sorts of medication and I was getting by. And I was trying to convince myself I was all right. And then we, we, we would do something. Like, and I, I competed and stuff. And I kept kind of jumping around with work. So, so I, I took a break from online coaching. Mm. I stopped doing it. I worked in like sales and marketing mm. and stuff. And then uh, I was kind of getting by. And we got married. And when we got married, I decided I didn't want to be on the medication mm. to be married. Yeah. So I, came, I took myself off it yeah. about six weeks before we got married. And... Being in Greece and getting married and everything, everything was great, yeah. you, know, you know, no life problems. Yeah. And when we moved out here, all of a sudden away from family, away from comforts, yeah. just me and Bex. It was, it was tough. We didn't have much money either mm. at the time. And uh, I, was, I started PTing and I was working incredibly long hours. I was working from, I think I was in train SF every day, 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. Wow. Every day, seven days a week. And uh, I just hated life, yeah. and it just progressively got worse. Um, I, went, I broke down, went went to a doctor, got put back on medication. It was extremely bad. Yeah. Were uh, you communicating this with Bex at the yeah, time? Or? N- then I had, I had yeah. yeah. And uh, it got to a point where it just got so bad that you know, it was near Christmas. Um, I just I tried, tried to take my own life, mm-hmm. and... At that point, we realized it was yeah. very bad. And how did how did you try and do that? Uh, <laughs> I took a, a full insulin pen. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. And then what happened after that? Did you go? <coughs> did you kind of realize it as you were doing it? I went to sleep. Bex found me and called a close friend of ours. Yeah. And they just literally came over and shoveled Vitargo in me. Yeah. For all night, just drinking Vitargo and throwing up all night. Um. Are we getting sponsored by Vitago right now? <laughs> <laughs> is this a plug? Because <laughs> I want some. No, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, just very fortunate that two close people to us yeah. were there. So, not only did she save you by marrying you, she saved you twice yeah, now. Pretty much. Yeah. So, I think from that, like, it was a big factor in terms of scaring me into realizing how mm. bad it was. Mm. Um, and we tried to, like, battled through it mm. and you know we got to went through a couple more months where i was kind of getting by mm. and i still wasn't myself i wasn't mm. like happy and um constantly having like like lows and other like falling back in mm. and uh, becky was always having to coach me and, bring yeah. me and it was getting really hard for her mm. and i got to the sort of june may june and uh Bex is like, I'm going to go to Greece for the summer to see yeah. her parents. And I'm staying here. I'm just like, you're staying here. She needed a break from, yeah. from me. Can you imagine, yeah. And uh, for the first few weeks, it was really tough. I literally, I struggled. I had anxiety attacks. Yeah. And, but it was, it was one of those situations where it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because mm. it was like sink it's or swim. It's just an awakening. Yeah, yeah sink or swim. Like I, I literally just fell flat on my face the first week or two. And then it was like gradually realized I could cope. Yeah. And I just started coming out of my shell and being mm. myself. And just, I think just being, it was like just throwing a kid who can't swim into a pool with no, mm. with no armbands. Mm. And I just had to swim. 
that's actually how I learned to swim. <laughs> my brother said, do you want to learn how to swim? And I said, yes. And he threw me in the deep end and I almost, yeah. yeah. So I, I just, uh, yeah. And I think, I think one big, big influence on me was meeting, uh, meeting my friend, Jamie, mm-hmm. um, his positive outlook in life. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of just, the, yeah, it's a very positive. Yeah. He, he's helped me massively just be, and also helped me with my issues of not feeling good enough and constantly feeling pressure from the yeah. outside. Mm. You know, he's like, don't fuck what people think, mm. you know, just do you. Mm. Just Gary V'd it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, it, and I, I gradually just got better. And, and like, don't get me wrong. I, I definitely still like, it's, it's not something you, you ever get rid yeah. of. You, you still have bad days. But, I mean, you still at, have... at some stage, everyone does. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, that's not to take away, you know, I don't say that trying to undermine people who actively have severe depression in that. But I don't think there's anyone that isn't anxious at some point. No, or, I think the way or... the way the difference in like having depression and having anxiety opposed to feeling mm. from time to time is how you deal with it. Cope mm. So like if you, you got anxious about something, you mm. can rationalize and mm. get over it. Mm. Something gets me, it, it, it's like a snowball effect. And mm. all of a sudden it's like, yeah, yeah, but after the other. and that's so that I still have that. But now it's knowing like to be able to step up. I say like step away from myself mm. and when something like that's happening, when I'm feeling this coming on, it's like step back, mm. look at it from the outside in and just, and I always say to myself, what would I tell my friend if mm. it was happening if it was happened to them? And just tell yourself that and then try and take yourself out of that situation and just mm. calm yourself. And it's the, it's the same when I, when I feel really, when I start having low moments, mm. I, I recognize them and I recognize it myself that it's coming on and what I do is I try and just take a step back from mm the go and just take a moment, take a moment, take a day. Mm. And Bex will often see it. Like I'll be quiet for a day. Yeah. And I just, I just need my, just need yeah, to yeah. be quiet. I just yeah. need to, to reset. So where was you, sorry to bring up emotions, but this is, I think it's really important. Um, the time where you did think, all right, this is it. I don't want to be here. Anymore. How were you feeling at that point? Like not in regards to, obviously you weren't feeling good. Yeah. But I mean, because I mean, I've had a, I've lost a few friends to to suicide before, and I've always thought braver man than I could ever be, because I'm a pussy. I would never, I couldn't even imagine th- taking it there. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm too scared of, of, you know, of death and, and all that stuff for me to even. How. How did you feel making that decision that, all right, I'm actually going to... You, you kind of, you're in a place... Is it numb or is yeah, it... Yeah, you, you're... It's just that you don't see another way. Yeah. It's like you just want it to stop. Yeah. Yeah. You just want everything to stop. That's, 
Yeah. Which brings me to my next question that I ask at the end of every podcast towards yeah. the end. What happens when you die? Because usually I ask people, have you ever thought about it? Have, has it ever come yeah. to your mind or whatever? The funny thing is, is it's one of my biggest things that scare me is death. Yeah. Like what would the end, like yeah. just nothingness. So do you think about that? Is it to you? Is it nothingness? Nothing or do you believe that in a, there's a, some sort of afterlife or some no. sort of vibrational thing? I want believe? to, I want to believe, but it's yeah. like, I don't know. Um, it's, it scares me that, that it's like, you know, all of a sudden it's just like an off. You can't. Mm. Um, which is it, it's strange coming from someone who tried to do it. That's what I mean. This is, and this is really yeah. why I wanted to ask you this. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of be kind of, when you were there, did you, because on one stage, it's the scariest thing in the world to you. Yeah. On the other stage, you were ready to go to the scariest thing in the world. So it's, that's why when I asked you, yeah. is it a numb thing? Because are you really not thinking clearly you're about def- it? You're definitely not thinking clearly. And I don't think you think, because like the next morning I was so grateful, mm. you know. But I mean, look at everything. Is You got to meet me and do the podcast. <laughs> Could you imagine not doing you that? Know, so it's, it's, I think you're just a not, a, you're not yeah. rational. You're just in a, in a state of like panic mm. and it's just all you feel and see is pain mm. you know, just but after the next day did you have a eureka moment like for fuck's sake what did i fucking try and yeah, do yeah 100 like, i was just what? i was so the grateful fuck? to still be alive and even even though i wasn't fe- like i felt the next day felt i felt numb like mm. just i think i felt numb for a few weeks really yeah. trying to trying to comprehend it all mm. um but just grateful to still be alive mm. And move on and get and yeah. get on with it and stuff. And I think on on another level, it's important to realize other people around us as well. Yeah, you know, because I think a lot of people don't realize how much they're loved and don't realize the effect it will have on everyone around you as well. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So I could imagine Bex wanted to kick your ass in ways that <laughs> is unbelievable. Yeah. like that you don't even know. And I'm sure she's got a baseball bat somewhere that she sees any twinkling of it (laughs) that, you know, and I think that like we were talking to before, you you get, you do get to meet people around that aren't in it just for what's in it for them. Yeah. There are genuinely people around you and there will be, and there will continue to be. And you have another one on on your list now that I will not be impressed if I ever hear that again. I'll I'll be coming for you, (laughs) you know? Yeah. It's, it's, you know what? we had like it really hit hit us again recently this year mm-hmm. with um Luke Sando, mm-hmm. uh, British pro, yeah, uh, um, open bodybuilder, like one of the top bodybuilders in the world. Literally during lockdown, just mm. came out. Just I remember Jamie sent, sending me like a, a thing that someone had just posted yeah, yeah. that Luke Sando's killed himself, mm. and I was like, what? And you never, you could never and see it, it, right? Could never see yeah. it coming, and it was just like. Yeah, the, the, like the whole world bodybuilding world was like distraught. They were like everyone was, and all I could think was those last moments mm. he had. I could just resonate. You could resonate with it, yeah. And just be like, I just feel sorry for mm. that moment for him. Yeah, I mean, I totally when, understand what you're saying, man. Yeah, the way you feel in those last moments is mm. like, yeah. But at the same time, you got to understand that you've been given a gift, and and that's to you, you were given a second a second lease, yeah. and to realize how important you actually are. And as much as people in all situations don't realize their importance, you know, 
to everything around them. I think everything's connected and everything yeah. is, is there for a reason and, and everything. And this is why I don't believe that it's lights out as well, because it's life is too beautiful and intricate for it to be a fart in the galaxy that just happened <laughs> to make all of this stuff. True. Do you know what I mean? Um, so everyone, it's easier said than done, but everyone has a purpose. Yeah. You know, everyone has a purpose. Everyone is there um, for a reason. And, you know, I'm glad you got out of that. Yeah, man. Uh, like, man every every day, I just feel like blessed to be doing what I'm doing, mm. and, and I can't believe how things are going, like how good mm. things keep getting. Yeah, um, and I just feel lucky and blessed and fortunate to be where I am, and that's why I kind of don't take it all too seriously mm. about like bodybuilding and been like, oh, it's like you know, people are like, oh, do you want do you want a coffee? I'm like. Mate, I'm just alive. Yeah, so fuck it. Do you know what I mean? Because you're <laughs> at that stage where you'll be like, I could have been doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> right like, I'm yeah. Not, like, I may never have turned pro and, and yeah. you know, all this sort of stuff. So it's mm. like every day is just, you know, if, if something better happens, what, it's a bonus, mm. you know? And you also have to, I mean, I'm going to be straight up and raw. And I think, you know, that's my character. Yeah. And I'd hope that you respect me and appreciate by me talking to you in a way that I'm not going to pussyfoot around things. Yeah. But you're not one person anymore. Whether you no. like to think about it or not, yeah, like true. I'm married as well and stuff. You you are not one person. No. You, you don't have that right to make that decision. No. You know what I mean? That's true. Full stop. Yeah. Uh, however you want to look at it, you don't. You, you, you two are, are, a, are one being in, in two different <laughs> shells now. But It's, it's funny because we have, we have a, like, that's what we say constantly about everything, like, especially being out in Dubai. We've learned about like keeping our circle small and mm-hmm. we, we're like, even with when it comes to family and stuff, mm-hmm. it's like, no, nah, it's, it's you and me. Mm. you know and we always say like forever and always that's our, that's our exactly you know but forever and always is a, <laughs> it is means a, it's forever, forever and always. always no there's no shortcuts yeah. there's no way out and no matter what you know you're lucky because you're not by yourself yeah you know we always have to look at the the positives through all the negatives you know and can you imagine having to go through what you went through by yourself a single guy living in Dubai no do you know what I mean so you know, the queen has a throne for a reason and she's sitting in it and stuff. But it's really important to, to kind of, you know, understand that yeah. we are not like I, I cannot make any, any decision like that anymore. I mean, I've got kids, I've got a wife. Yeah. We have to be very aware of the importance of other people's happiness and stuff. Yeah, you've been more considerate yeah. of, of around you now. Mm. Because it's, it's, it's like you did everything in your power to make her love you and make you number one in her life. You know, you got to make sure that you stand up yeah. for that and be like, all right, fair enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't be running yeah, away gotta, now. Got to follow through. So what, what's the future for, for where you're going now with bodybuilding? How do you see your future going? Do you see it? An online coach progressing, progressing, progressing and doing the bodybuilding or do you see it bodybuilding or are they meshed into one kind of? I think at the moment they're kind of meshed into one, but certain like, Bodybuilding is something I enjoy mm. and I love. I don't ever see it as a, a career as such. Is it paying enough at, at, at that level? Olympia is, right? Yeah, I, I, I earn a bit, good bit from it and through sponsorships and stuff mm. like that. But nothing, not, but like, not like prize money. No, my, my, money, my money comes from my business, mm. coaching. I love coaching. Like mm. I, I coached long before I ever thought I was going to be a pro mm-hmm. bodybuilder. Yeah. You know, and I, I still like this year I still invest and I pay to do courses mm. not like related to biomechanics and mm. you know nutrition and mm. things like that so I'm a nutrition geek 
Yeah. Um, so I love that side of things. So that's always going to be my main. Mm. Like, and I love it. Like, how many other coaches, like online coaches, you know, will fly from Dubai to the UK to yeah. support clients? Yeah. Like, I've spent the last two weekends yeah, in yeah. flying to the UK to, to be at clients' shows. Yeah. And I'm more nervous when I have a client on stage than myself. Like, I'm, yeah, yeah. like even today, I had a client competing in Spain. Yeah. And uh, I was there, I was there on the, the dentist chair getting my teeth prepped for my veneers and becky was standing next to me with the live stream going (laughs) you know she's like telling me i'm like trying to see you know yeah that was my priority was watching you know and making sure he's okay i was up 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 early this morning to make sure i got his check like he sent me through his video was able to get through through to him because his last two shows i've been at with him yeah you know so this time i wasn't able to be there with him so Mm. i I made sure that like i was literally 24 7 on the phone with him it's amazing because again to go through the two mind states from, I guess, I'm u- useless, nobody will miss me, to my whole life is based to help others and give to others. Yeah. Because essentially, that's what you do. Yeah. You're some sort of a doctor. You're some sort of somebody who cares so much about people. You've made your whole life. Don't get me wrong. You make money from it. Yeah. But you've chosen your path to be to heal people. But in partly because of being through what I've been through makes me more aware of others as well. Mm. You know, I, I see things slightly differently. When mm. someone says something, I'm like, okay. You have to recognize as well that this industry we're in is is an industry built on people disliking themselves. Mm. Nobody went into the gym going, I'm going to yeah, go yeah. start training now because I'm the fucking shit. Yeah, yeah. They're going in there because they don't like themselves. They're yeah. having problems with something. <laughs> So every, no matter who you are, like what level you're at in bodybuilding or everything, mm. you started mm. for a reason. Well, yeah. for me, because I was shredded from when I was years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you yeah, know? yeah. Now, obviously, there's a couple like this. You got, you got your lads who are just like, mm. I just want to go in and pick up some girls. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the majority of people who step foot in the gym, because of it insecurity, they're either doing because it because they're trying to run away from a bad relationship. Yeah. You know, they're they're not happy with the way they look. They're mm. hiding from something. They're stressed from work. Mm. You know, see, when that's one thing I'm I'm very aware of when I with clients is I try and um, listen a bit more to what they say because mm. it's not always a case of it's just like eat this, do this. Yeah, exactly. You got to realize this this stuff going on mm. at home. You know, but that's I mean that's a de- literally the definition of a good coach, and it's kind of funny because. I mean, I'm still in the fitness industry, even though I'm not, I'm still in. So I still yeah. know a lot of the coaches. I still know a lot of the, the people. I know a lot of your clients. Yeah. And you're one of the only people that I've heard people talk about in a way where they talk about you with a level of respect and awe that I don't usually see. Yeah. You know, people usually say, oh, you know, that's my trainer. But whenever I hear someone say that about you, it's always that's my trainer, he's this, he's this, he's this, he's this, he's this, he's this, he's this. I try and give, like, and it may sound may sound cliche, but I try and treat every client like they're the only client. And if they want to have a 10-hour conversation with me, I'm there on my, like, you go look at my phone now, my WhatsApp's nuts. Because I'm not one of, I'm not like, I'm not like checking once a week by email. No, they have my number. I'm like, WhatsApp me. Anytime you need me, WhatsApp me. But that's rare. That's not, and that's why I say to people, people think like, they think me and Bex live the dream. They see us like, you know, we fly to the UK business class. We do this. And they're like, oh, mm. you live in the dream in Dubai. You're doing... I'm like, yeah, I, I flew yeah, business class because I was, I was I was working on my phone the whole fucking yeah, yeah, way. Yeah. You know, I had the the other week I, I, I was I sat in the lounge. I had to go into the lounge because I had like 12 plans to write, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, on a, like, 
sat I'm there on uh, in the UK on Saturday, last Saturday at Becky's show. Mm. I'm trying to look after her and look after my other client who's on the next day. And my phone's going like 70, 80 messages yeah, from yeah. clients checking in. I'm doing all of them like, you know, and yeah. I'll be the same. My my show day, yeah. when I compete in a thing, I'll have clients checking in that mm. day. And I won't be like, no, no, don't check in. I'll be like, mm. yeah, check in. I'm, if I'm on stage, I probably won't get back yeah, to you yeah. straight away. <laughs> yeah. But everyone, I'm like, I can't deal with seeing a mess pop and just ignoring it. I have yeah. to be like, right. Dude, I'm like that in I'm general. Ins- I'm instant. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm uh, like that in general. I'm like, I, I have to. And that's one one thing I get remarks on, like because I've started getting a lot of clients who've come from other top coaches now mm. this year as well. So I've started my name started getting bigger mm. and bigger within prep. And uh, the one main thing that I get is my response times. Like, mm. so they're like, "Oh, my old coach used to take twenty four to forty eight hours." Yeah, yeah. And they're like, "Your maximum like two hours." Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, "Well, that's the way it should be." I said, "If if you, if I was prepping for a show I and I checked information in, now, yeah, well, I, well, no, it's also like the way I look at it is I check in on a Saturday morning, right." I send my pictures and stuff to Jamie, who coaches me. Mm. And I'm I'm buzzing for my check-in. Yeah, yeah. So I send it, and I'm sat there waiting, waiting to see what. To say, yeah. 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 So I know how I feel. So I'm like, yeah. I don't want some Someone kid who else. I'm coaching sitting yeah. there going all day, but like, oh. Yeah. Like, you know, all, all, like yeah. his whole day. is waiting for you to go, oh, yeah. fuck, you look good and, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and just me replying, like, epic check-in. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, his Saturday is made. It's He's fun. buzzing. He's yeah, through yeah. the roof. He's, yeah. like, delighted. You know, and I see it. I see it because... I'll reply back to a check-in. Like this morning, I'll reply back to a check-in. Next thing, all of a sudden, on Instagram, I got tagged in a yeah, screenshot. Yeah, They're like, yeah, yeah. coach is happy, I'm yeah, happy. I'm like... And it's like, that's yeah. what they were waiting for. Yeah, and that makes my day as well. You yeah. know, seeing that and seeing the feedback from them, I'm delighted, you know? Mm. Um, and like, just seeing, like, especially, like, I love it, like, the, one of my clients, you know, Ryan. Mm. Uh, when, I see, when I see him in the gym and stuff and he comes up to me, he's like telling me, I can see how happy he is. I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you know, and like, <laughs> oh, he's probably gonna probably gonna hate me by the end of this week because I was like, the other day, I was like, why don't you just train with me next yeah, week? Yeah, come and uh, <laughs> come and do that. So I'm training with him uh, tomorrow. I don't know uh, which day it is because I train at his gym. So whenever I see him wobbling in, he's doing legs with me tomorrow. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, I know that he'll be wobbling in, and he'll be like, but yeah, he'll he's, get dumb he's the same he's day. Me- he's doing mega, man. He is he's, doing. he's progressing yeah. quite a lot. I've noticed progressed a lot. You know, as a person and with his mm. physique, you know, because he's not been out here that long. Mm-hmm. I can see his business is growing. Mm. He's doing, yeah, and I, that's another thing. I work with a lot of, like, a lot of my clients are actual coaches themselves. Mm. Um, so it's cool to see them as well growing in their yeah. businesses too. I think this is really important because there is this crazy weird ego thing that goes on with trainers where they think that it's going to make them less of a trainer if they admit they work with someone else or... And I don't get that. I because, don't understand it. You know, I'm 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 like probably Jamie's biggest promoter because yeah. you know whatever. I don't get it. It's like give credit where it's due. Yeah. You know, he's done a good job. Tell people he's the one who's done a good job with you. It's nothing off. I think it's. I think it happens a lot with the younger lot. Yeah. Because they're still scared. They're not mature as trainers or coaches to understand. They 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 they, they think if I tell them someone else is doing this, they're going to want to go train with him and not with me. Do you know what I mean? And not you know, knowing this, that when it comes down to it, that coach is not going to train a normal everyday do you know what person. This, this, the crazy thing is, is like when people like I get people asking me all the time, like how can I improve as coach? Can I build my knowledge and all this? I'm like, work with a good coach. Yeah. Like I learned everything I know about prepping people mm. by working with some of the top coaches in the world. Like I've worked with like Dave Palumbo. I've worked with mm. like Neil Hill. Worked with Jordan Peters. Nice people like that. Like and then uh, one of the best things for me ever was. Um, Last year and the year before, I traveled with Jamie for every one of his shows. Mm. And uh, his coach is Chris Acido, who's like mm-hmm. the, the best prep coach in the yeah. world. 
So I got first-hand experience of what he was doing in yeah, eight weeks with him, what he was yeah, doing yeah. with like diuretics, things yeah. like. I learned so much. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I'm like, hey, if you want to be a good, if you want to be a good yeah. coach, go and invest in a good coach yeah. because just you, shadow what, the people around you who what are you wrong. really need to learn. You ain't gonna learn yeah, by yeah. a course anywhere. Yeah. yeah, it's the truth. Indeed, hands-on is 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 pretty much yeah. the only way to learn. Immerse yourself in in a, in a situation and fully immerse, and then yeah, and that's how it will be. So when's your, what's your body fat percentage now? I've no idea. Bit, bit, bit higher than mine, I think. <laughs> Just that one thing there. Um, I've no idea. I never get that checked. Even before? Sh- nah. Huh? You're not? No matter. I don't get on stage with the science that my body fat's this. Oh, the so truth that's is not bo- what those numbers are on the, <laughs> on the birds. No. Okay. Uh, to be honest, body the, the people walking around like body fat. I reckon my body fat's probably about twelve or thirteen. Like, that's you're out actual. of your fucking mind, mate. That's what actually. If you think you're at thirteen now, you're out of your mind. <laughs> you well, are a, probably no, about at, at, a, at what most people think in the gym. It's probably, oh, okay. probably like six or seven. You're probably about sub nine, eight. But like the real realistic, lower. If you went and did a um, was a DEXA scan, mm. it's probably like. Nah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> you see, I got fat ass. That's all right. I counted 318 veins in your body during this whole podcast, and all of them are in your knuckles, mate. So, that's, and they're covered in tattoos. Yeah. yeah. And do you feel like your tattoos are. Did, does it make a difference on stage? Samir just got huge tattoos on, yeah, his, on his arm. Cool, as well. Yeah, it's cool, actually. I really, really like good. his one. Um, they can do, it depends where they are. You okay. know, for example. I can't get anything done up here because it will, I pose this side. Okay, so that's your, so, your like, preferred side, yeah. Yeah, so if I posed on if I posed my like my side chest and side tricep on this side, I'd probably you get marked it because yeah. you wouldn't see. Mm. Um, just what, but I would never get anything on my back or anything mm. like that would like, distort detail. Mm. Um, so yeah, you can definitely like I can see it when I see other competitors, especially in the amateur shows. You see mm. some guys, and you're like, oh. They didn't have a huge tattoo. tattoo yeah. They'd probably do a bit better. Yeah, just coming in looking like a yakuza. Yeah. And you're just like, you know, what's going on? Because I've been told, I actually, I, like this, the tribal one, it makes me stand out quite mm. a lot. I, I'm literally when I get on stage, I'm like, yeah, they're drawn. The to one me. to look for. Yeah. So your next show is when? Uh, November seventh. November seventh in Watford. In Watford as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then I mean, it's the ha- biggest uh, biggest ever UK show. Nice. There's five pro shows on it. You've got open bodybuilding, two twelve bodybuilding. Classic physique, which is were you me. always classic? And so, I started by doing like um, men's physique, and I did under seventy-five kilo bodybuilding, and then I did what was cat. under what under seventy-five. How I was tiny, I was tiny. I think I weighed seventy-two kilo when I won that show. I cannot imagine you weighing yeah. seventy-two kilo. And then I did what they called classic bodybuilding, which was in the old federation. Yeah, and. Uh, I kind of outgrew that, so that's why mm. I took a break for a while, and then they brought out this new division, Classic Physique, mm. which is a height-to-weight ratio, yeah, yeah. and yeah, I've been in that now since, what, three years? That's pretty good. So I did my first year competing in it, I did New Zealand, where I traveled with Samir, yeah. and I did Ireland, and I did shit, I looked, I was terrible, yeah. and uh, then I went back the following year to New Zealand and won the overall. Well, I'm going to take a leaf out of your book, Yeah. and I'm going to travel with you to your show, Business Class. I'll send you my passport so you can book the ticket for me. <laughs> and <laughs> that would be really enjoyable. <laughs> There's no spectators allowed, I don't think, actually. Oh, yeah. Everything's changed, yeah. right? It's in, it's in a very small venue. They're having it in a, 
Watford Pump House, it's called. But that uh, just sounds like a pub, mate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a tiny little behind the bar. It's, it's cool. I was actually at the, the show I was at a few weeks ago. The British Finals was yeah. in there as well. So it's a cool venue. And they've got a whole like media company that's mm. going to be pay-per-view. Okay. So that'll be the main thing. They're like, if we can't... The, the, Ian, the promoter, has said to us, he's like, the show's going ahead. If we can't have spectators, we can't have spectators. It just doesn't matter. Do it. It doesn't yeah, matter. It's too big not to do it. They've put so much... like yeah. it's, it's a it's an Olympia 2021 qualifier. Yeah, you know, it's it's huge. So you got to qualify through that one, and that's it. Or can you qualify for? Isn't it point systems as you're um, coming up to it? So yeah, you you either if you win a pro show, you qualify automatically. So you're already qualified. No, I haven't. Well, I haven't done a pro show yet. Oh, okay. you have to win a pro show to qualify okay. for the Olympia. So you'll be qualified off off the Watford. Hopefully. Okay. No, you will be manifesting <laughs> uh, it. Manifest the yeah. yeah. You gotta. So you win, you're in. Basically, that's okay. the way they do it. And then. Um, at the end of the year, they have the top three points scorers, scorers. also qualify. Yeah. So if you get like second, third, or fourth in a show, you get a certain amount of points. So mm. you'd always get guys who do like six, seven shows yeah, a yeah, year. Yeah, just to get points up. Yeah, yeah. they build up points. Yeah. Um, That's nice. So. so what would your advice be to somebody getting into training now? Because, I mean, I don't know how you'd do it, but I would assume that you wouldn't coach someone who is just starting to go to the gym. Or no, would you? Yeah, I do. I coach. I coach quite a. Uh, like some, I'm talking about. Of, I'm talking about newbie. Somebody who's never. I don't think I have any newbie newbies, but I have. Yeah. I have quite a few guys, younger guys who are like 21, 22, who've mm. like maybe been training a year or two. Okay. They've only just started taking it seriously. Like they've been going to the gym with their mates, and then they're like, mm. "Oh, oh, oh yeah, I want to yeah. do this properly." Or they'll see someone on yeah. Instagram. So I coach. Like, and I love coaching people like that because yeah. they're just like a sponge, mm. and because of the changes in their body. Yeah. At 19, 20, 21, your body will change in a way that's yeah insane like you'll Especially be a completely age, different like, person you see people at that age like i think i only started training at 23 mm. I, see, I see i get some guy coming to me he's like 18 19 and he's yeah. like i want to do it. i'm like man the world's your oyster yeah man. you can literally just train twice a week for a year and then you'll see the difference yeah and i, see, I have i have a couple of young guys and i'm yeah. like holy shit the guy now yeah. he's been working with me like 16 17 weeks and he's like 12 kilo heavier and leaner i'm like and the shit that we need to do. I mean, I'm almost 40 now, mate. If I want to put on 12 kilos, it's yeah. not happening. So it's cool. Like, when you see, because they've got it all ahead of them, you know. And yeah. They, and that's one of the reasons why I love, like, people ask me when I was back in the UK, do you like, come I love going to the shows mm. to see some of these young, and chat to some of these younger mm. guys, you know, because. I think being approachable is, is, is also really good, man, because you get a lot of people that are just so fucking full of themselves and you're just like, mate. Yeah. Like, first of all, you don't understand life in general yeah like for just, anyone to be full of themselves or anything to the point that you won't speak to someone who wants to speak to you it's funny because it's like at the end of the day man you stand on stand on stage in your pants and you're yeah it's, it's not like you're like world-class footballer no, but i mean you get that like for example the difference between kai and phil yeah you know kai i've spoken to kai a few times had really genuine conversations um to the point where you you know, when I first met Kai, by the end of the day, it was like we knew each other for years. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I heard that Phil doesn't even take pictures. He doesn't talk to fans. He doesn't. Nah. It's just like. I get, I get that though. Like when someone will message, I'll get someone message me on Instagram. No, it's different and I, if, if, and if it's the inbox. And I'll message them back. And yeah. like, oh my God, I can't believe you replied. I'm like, why wouldn't I reply? Yeah. But I, I, I also understand this. I think there is a difference. Don't worry. You'll get your own podcast, Bex. You don't have to just... Uh, it's never listening i get it. the difference between someone just expecting a lot from you 
mm. over social media or over whatever. I get that because you probably get a million of those messages. Yeah. But face to face, someone approaching you and and taking the time to speak to you, take that as a fucking compliment. Yeah, do you know exactly. what I mean? And and I I definitely do. And I, you're I'm there like, because I'm of like, them. I'm like, who are who? Am I? I still don't see myself as anyone. So I'm like, like a couple of years ago, I'd been like, I, I was that that kid in, in the gym, and I'd see someone, I'd be like, oh my god, that's yeah, it. you know. So I'm like, if I can, if someone comes up to me and they want to speak to me, yeah, give them the time of day. You but know? Some, some people aren't like that. I, th- I see it as like it's it's it's, like it's a an blessing honor. and it's yeah, an honor. It's yeah, an the honor, fact you that know? you've that I've touched you. So someone actually thinks that much of you. Yeah, that they value your opinion exactly. You know, it's, but not a lot of people are like that, man. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. you know. And so now, how would how will people find you on all of your socials and that? So Darren Farrell on Instagram. Yeah, so Darren Farrell underscore IFBB Pro on Instagram. That's the yeah. easiest way to look for me. And, and then all my other like links to like my coaching your stuff website. is through that. It's through that? Yeah. And also, um, do you coach women as well? Yeah, I coach a lot of women. I, I coached Becky all the yeah. way. Uh, a couple of gir- I actually have a couple of girls competing in the Dubai Muscle Show in January. Okay. Um, I have a couple of girls competing in Romania, which is the week after my show. Romania is pretty popular, right? Because yeah. I've heard a lot of girls go there for Well, me. so there's that. Romania has um, the big pro show there. And show is run by Wings of Strength, which is uh, the promoters. And the Wings of Strength are actually the main promoters for women's bodybuilding. Okay. So during the hiatus of women's bodybuilding from the Olympia, yeah. So they've only just brought it back into the Olympia, the actual women's bodybuilding mm. category. Wings of Strength put on the World Championships every year, which was like their own mm. female bodybuilding Olympia, which was huge prize money. So they they like really back women. Okay. So the wings of strength, sense. wings of strength shows are always very heavily dominant with women's categories. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the Romania show is a massive one. Uh, it's a huge production. It's it's actually on in a uh, nightclub. Wow. So the production of it yeah, is yeah. crazy. Like the lighting, everything's really good. Yeah. And uh, it's a big, big show. So that's uh, um. So we're doing that as well. So I'll, I'll literally do Watford. Yeah. And uh, two days later, I'll fly to Romania. And do that there. And yeah. If, if I don't win in Watford, I'll be competing in Romania. In Romania, yeah. If, uh, if I'm lucky enough to win in Watford, I'll just be there to support clients. Yeah. That's amazing, bro. Just knowing that the level of dedication of an athlete is... I don't think people even understand. I think they think they do. Yeah. But I don't think they... Until, until you try and do something like that, or you try and take your fitness levels... I mean, just like you, I've been into sport my whole life i played you know professional football all the way up to the age of 19 yeah um and i thought that was my career but like the level of training and the level of focus and i mean it's not even just the training that i mean i think the the diet is harder than the training for me yeah, it's you know what it's, it's one of those things it's like everyone can do it like you know i always say and you hear that every every year after someone competes like a client they're like Oh, I'm going to give this off season everything. I'm going to be like 24, mm. three weeks later. It's like, you know, life gets starts happening. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's my friend's birthday. It's this. That's the difference. It's being it's, able it's to carry literally. on doing it while you're getting distracted by yeah. all the other stuff. You know, it's, it's doing it like 24 seven through 365 days a year. It gets yeah. boring. Trust yeah. me. It does. And we all have times where we're like, oh, fuck it. I just like to just chill for a week yeah. and go for pizza. Mm. But, you know, it's gotta be, you know, you gotta treat it as it's your job. Mm. So what now? If you got any advice to give to uh, to the listeners, and I'm going to leave that as open a statement as you'd like to keep <laughs> it. I'm not going to spe- specify it or anything. What What would you like to leave the listeners with? Don't take life too seriously. Just take things as it comes. Um, 
don't I think the more you think about things and the more you overcomplicate it in your head, the more life becomes stressful. Just take things as they come. Yeah. And as I say to everyone, like uh, with training, with life, just tick the boxes and then enjoy the ride. Enjoy it and get on with it. Yeah. I couldn't think of a better way to put it <laughs> myself, bro, because, you know, the, the past doesn't help us. The future's no. not promised. There's nothing but just now. Just live in the moment. Just do what just you can do. Just literally recycled right? moments of now just happening That's, over that's and something over that I've again. had to, like, really work on. Because mm. you know? I was someone who'd be like, oh, my God, what, what am I going to do yeah, tomorrow? Yeah. How am I going to do it? Just, just deal, yeah. with, deal with now, and it will probably... Yeah, it will sort itself out. out you know? it, I mean, even with this whole pandemic, um, I don't want to... Yeah. pandemic <laughs> even i mean all the plans that everyone had for all this shit if this hasn't shown you don't plan for anything and just make sure yeah. that you're all right for the immediate time i mean i don't know what else you need other yeah. than this you know i'll never, I'll never forget our prime examples uh when me and me and jay when we went to new zealand and we we had booked like this apartment that had looked like mega like on a uh, on booking.com and yeah. we, we arrived to auckland and we opened the scene. It was like two of us can barely fit in the place, right? There's there's me and Jay. Yeah. There's Sarah who's come with us to look yeah. after us and our videographer. Yeah. So four of us in this apartment that can barely fit one of us. And there's yeah. no AC. There's nothing. And we're like, and I'm like, what the fuck are we going to do? And Jay's yeah. just like, fuck it. Let's go train. And while we're training, I'll have a look at my phone. And yeah, see yeah, yeah. And figure it out. Figure it out. That's the only way to be. <laughs> That's the only way to be. Sure enough, we ended up in like the most luxurious yeah, penthouse, yeah, yeah. penthouse apartment <laughs> yeah. that came with like a full bar and everything. But then again, maybe if you looked for that <coughs> full penthouse apartment in the beginning, you wouldn't have found it. Yeah. And having to find the shitty one gave you the better one in the end. Do you yes. know what I mean? And that's how random things life will always is. work out. You can either get stressed with things or yeah. what's the point in getting stressed and what's the point in getting anxious over something? It's happened. Hmm. Just work on the solution. Dude, I mean, I'm the same. And, you know, I kind of found this out about myself, luckily very young, to the point that my friends would have arguments with me. And, you know, ex-girlfriends would have arguments with me about not having arguments. <laughs> They'll be like, well, why don't you want to argue? Why don't you want to... Just... Okay. Is there any point in it? Yeah. Are we going to get anywhere by this? Like, I'm just like that in life. Whatever happens, happens. And I try not to get, you know, like even if something you know, sad happens to me or whatever, an hour later I'll be over it because, you know, I've, I've always tried to make myself very aware of if you can't change it, fuck it. Yeah, exactly. It, there is literally, no, and you will dwell on things and it's really s stupid and strange if you think about how much effort and time you put into stressing about something that you, can't you literally control. can't control. What what's the point? Where are we gonna okay? Where are we gonna end up with this? Like nothing yeah. is gonna change. Yeah. So you need to either just be like, eh, push it to the side, get on with it. Do you know what I mean? Fuck it. What can we do? Um, as sad as it is, we've come to the end of our time, <laughs> um, and it's been emotional, dude. Yeah, it's been awesome. And um, Thank it's you been for really me. good. No, no, we'll get you on again as well, <laughs> and we need to get Queen Bex on as well, um, but without her phone. Yeah, on, no. on that you might get a word. In yeah, that. yeah, exactly. That's all right. That's fine with us. Um, and guys, don't, <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe. And uh, thank you for gibbering with Jabber. Gibber with Jabber. Subscribe, like, and enjoy. Boom. <laughs>
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.